on this edition of Emerging Daily. Today I sort of want to talk about what does it mean to be spiritual? Find you somebody that you feel that spirit has linked you with that can impart to you on a regular routine basis. I mean, I'm talking like, if not every day, at least once a week. That which is spiritual is motivated and controlled through the spirit. Some of the things in us will begin to come out, and sometimes it's, as I've said before, sometimes the bad comes out first. And it seems like you're being one of the worst people in the world, but really what is happening, you are being changed, you are being transformed. It's the great and terrible day of the Lord. That's what it is. And those things get melted by the heat of the presence of God changing us, changing our thought system, changing our belief system, and making us more and more like Him. And sometimes it it's not pretty. And if we could realize what the symbolism is that they're talking about, we can understand that it's talking about inward things. This is Emerging Daily with Charlton Scott Fisher. Scott is the founder and leader of Emerge Nashville, a spiritual refuge that's an evolving ministry expressing radical grace every day. Emerge is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your tax-deductible gift and to learn more about Emerge, visit EmergeNashville.org or email EmergeNashville at gmail.com. We hope this program will help you to emerge as pure gold and to steer you to put love into action. I want to welcome you to this edition of Emerging Daily. I am Scott Fisher, and I appreciate you listening. I hope that we do not have the problems that we had yesterday on the previous edition. The microphone cord was giving some problems, and uh, basically I didn't realize it until it was too late, and I was already had finished the teaching for the day. So hopefully today we won't have that problem. Today I sort of want to talk about what does it mean to be spiritual? What does it mean to be spiritual. You know, in progressive, quote, progressive circles, progressive spiritual circles especially, um, there's a tendency to think, well, I'm just spiritual and, and therefore I really don't need to be taught. And if I am taught, I just need to be taught in generalities by a multitude of different speakers. There seems to be a tendency I've seen in some circles that... They just, they take all these different teachers and they just, anybody that's a teacher basically can come in and and teach and speak. Um, I've seen it in in several, quote, progressive churches. And basically, if you just say, well, I'm spiritual, you can teach just whatever. And, you know, I'm not necessarily knocking those, any of churches that have special guest speakers there is a need to have a, a multitude of sources um, to where you're just not constantly just receiving from the one person, but there is also that need to be connected with one teacher in the sense that 
one teacher can share things with you that a multitude of teachers cannot if they are just coming in and out of your life and in and out of your group and in and out of your church. When you have that one speaker, that one pastor, that one leader who is gifted to teach and to impart into your life, they have an ability that is given to them by spirit to impart things to you that others just simply cannot do so. They can't do it. That's why it's it's a good thing to have um, one pastor, one leader of a group, one leader of a church, one rabbi, one teacher, one pastor, one one certain person, because that is how, even even going back ages ago, that is how teaching was really conducted. It was by, just like Jesus had the 12 disciples, that was how you imparted spiritual truths to those who were seeking. And as well as the teacher himself would usually be receiving as he was imparting. And so when we have just a multitude of different people coming in and, and teaching, it's hard to, you know, it, you can receive some things, but it's little things, it's little tidbits, it's like little little bitty things, whereas somebody that's really put into your life to impart things into your life, they can share things that, like I said, somebody that's just flying in and flying back out, they really cannot do. And even... To, to a degree that, of listening like to this podcast. It's a good thing to listen to different teachers and different podcasts and, and different radio programs or TV programs or what have you. But you still need to, to link up with one leader, one teacher, one instructor of spiritual truths who can impart things into you, into your life, because they you connect with them and and. There is a giving and a receiving, and you may not even realize that you're giving to them, but it's by you being there with them that they are able even to receive from Spirit the things necessary to impart not only to you but also to themselves. Because like I said, when a when a teacher is receiving, that teacher is receiving not only for the people that he's teaching or she's teaching, but it's for themselves as well. And so you're helping that leader by just being open and receptive to that leader and so it's necessary to find you somebody that you feel that spirit has linked you with that can impart to you on a regular routine basis i mean i'm talking like if not every day at least once a week and ultimately really the best is just as much as possible (laughs) i mean that's how it was back in the day they they Wherever that leader went, that's where they went. And we all can't do that in this day and time, but we can at least once a week or twice a week or, or, you know, a couple times a week get with this one instructor, one spiritual teacher that can impart things to us as a group. And then it's good to get with them individually and, and have things imparted to you individually as well. But what does it mean to be spiritual? What does it really mean to be spiritual? People are use that word today like it's it, it doesn't really have any meaning to it. But in the in the Bible, when you look at the word spiritual, the word is pneumakatos. I believe I'm saying that right. It is pneumaticos. 
pneumaticos or pneumaticos, pneumaticos. You can say it either way. And probably somebody that's Greek would say, well, you're just slaughtering my language. But that's the best I can do with it. It's pneumaticos. And the emphasis is on kos, pneumaticos. But the word comes from pneuma, which means spirit, which actually means a breath or wind. But it's, of, it's pertaining to the spirit. And that which is spiritual is motivated and controlled through the spirit. So to be spiritual is to be motivated or controlled by the spirit. And it's important that we understand what that, what does that mean? What, you know, that's a, a nice little definition, but what really, what, do you, what am I saying when I say that? What does it mean to be motivated and controlled by the spirit? And sometimes the best way to understand something or to, to really see something, how something is, is to sort of see, compare it with the opposite. You know, if I, if I have a dollar bill, a good way to compare and know what a counterfeit bill is is to put it right next to a real one, and then you can know the difference. And so that's how Paul, in his teachings, he would compare, if he were referring to someone and he would say, well, he would use either natural man or carnal man and then a spiritual man. Those who are natural or carnal as opposed to those who are spiritual. And what was the difference? Well, the word natural, when he says and is referring to a natural, the natural man, he does this in Romans, Romans 8. And he says in verse 6 of Romans chapter 8, he says, To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So that's talking about spiritually minded. Now that word spiritually is the same word. Now actually right there in in Romans 8, it comes from the word, it actually is the word pneuma, or the mind of the spirit is what he's saying here. But then in other places it does say spiritually minded. And it's it's the same word that we just said, uh, pneumaticos. But to be carnally minded is to be fleshly minded, or the mind of the flesh. Sarks is the word there. But then in another place, in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 2, he uh, in verse 14 of chapter 2, he says, The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness to, foolishness to him, neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. So he's talking there about the natural man. Now what is the natural man? Well, the word natural man right there is actually sukikos. So this is soulish man. It comes from the word suke, which means soul. So the soul, the soulish person can't receive the things of the Spirit. So what does it mean to be soulish? Well, soulish is almost the same as carnal because it's not ruled by the Spirit. So what, is, what does he go on to say? He says, but he that is spiritual, he that is pneumaticos, that is controlled and motivated by the Spirit, he says, judges all things. Now that is sort of a little bit misleading because it doesn't mean judge like when Jesus says judge not. That's not the same word. This word judge is anachrono or anacrino, and it actually means to discern, to investigate and to discern, to examine. And so he's saying here the spiritual person discerns all things yet is discerned of no man, is discerned, no person can really discern them in the sense that you can't really know my heart. But 
if I'm if I'm spiritual, I'm able to discern the things around me. I can discern when when spirit is trying to impart something to me. I can discern when spirit is maybe saying, "Okay, you need to get out of this situation," or maybe you need to go here, even though your mind is saying, "Don't go there," and the spirit is saying. Yes, you do need to go there. And so a spiritual person can discern that. So basically, what does it mean to be spiritual? It means to be spiritually motivated, to be spiritually, it means to be motivated and controlled by the Spirit. And how does that happen? It happens by the renewing of the mind. It all goes back to the renewing of the mind, to opening the mind to the Spirit. Your consciousness, if you're, if you're only conscious of this system of things, you know, we were talking before about what the word world in the Bible, and especially in the New Testament, can be translated as either cosmos or aeon. And cosmos is a system or an orderly arrangement of things. And if we are, if we are soulish, if we're carnal, then we are motivated and controlled by this system of things as opposed to the kingdom of God, which is God's system of things. It's a different way of doing things, a different way of of approaching things, a different way of interacting with either, either other people or circumstances. And too many times we're not spiritual, even though we might like to think of ourselves as spiritual. If we're not being spiritually minded, then we're not. We're not spiritual because if, if I'm approaching things from the perspective of this worldly system, in other words, the system of this arrangement of things, this way of thinking, this system of beliefs, this system of thought that is not higher, that is not of the spirit, then I'm not walking in love. So to walk in love would be a higher way. It would be a spiritual way of interacting with people. That would be spiritual but to interact with people just like everybody else does that is natural that is carnal and so we have to really examine ourselves all the time we have to discern ourselves all the time bring ourselves under the microscope of am i being motivated and controlled by spirit because if you are then you're motivated and controlled by love because God is love so to be spiritual really means to be walking in love but it's not but it, and that sounds so cliche and so simple that really it, 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 there is more to it than if we just think of love the way this natural way of thinking and natural belief system interprets love and so Paul gives us different examples of how to be spiritual. You know, when he was uh, writing his first letter to the Corinthians, he says in chapter 3, he says, I would talk to you as though you were spiritual, but you're not. You're carnal. You're like babes. And so I have to talk to you as a baby. I can't talk to you like you're spiritual. I hope you're being blessed by the podcast today. We wanted to pause for just a moment and just remind you to please check out our website, EmergeNashville.org, or you can also go to EmergingDaily.com. 
either one. You can find out more information about our ministry, about some things that we're wanting to do, and how we're wanting to make an impact in the Middle Tennessee area and in the world. And also, while you're there, check out the link that's there about our new line of t-shirts, hoodies, and things like that. We have several different shirts that are available. They say, Just Love, and then it has our Emerge Nashville emblem on it. If you would consider purchasing any of those, it would be a blessing to us, and I think it would be a blessing to you and to those you encounter, because when they see that message on there, it says, Just Love. Maybe, hopefully, it'll make them think and be aware of the fact that, hey, we need to be welcoming love towards one another but anyway we'll get back to the message here shortly but i just wanted to encourage you to check those out and also please let your friends and family and and co-workers and people know about the podcast it's available on all pretty much all the podcast platforms and apps and of course it's available on our website and also check out our facebook page it's facebook.com slash emerging daily and like our page if you would and share it we would really appreciate it and we'll get back to the message here shortly. He says in chapter 3, he says, I would talk to you as though you were spiritual, but you're not. You're carnal. You're like babes. And so I have to talk to you as a baby. I can't talk to you like you're spiritual. So to be spiritual is really also to be mature, is to be a little bit more mature in your walk and in your life than somebody who is not. It's to be more perfected. That word perfect in the Bible is maturity. It's as uh, when Jesus was teaching, he said, first you have the corn, then you have the ear, then you have the full corn in the ear. There's a process of maturity that takes place. Well, in each age, each aeon of our life, each stage of our life, as we were talking yesterday and in the the previous two um, episodes, there are different stages that we each go through, and they don't happen at a certain, a certain time as, as, you know, when you turn 13 or you turn 22 or 21 or when you turn 18. These are things that are they're not limited by our thinking as far as time goes, but there are different stages in our spiritual growth and our spiritual development that we each will go through as we mature, as we come into our own, so to speak. And as we do that, as we grow, then we become, we should become more spiritual. And so, like I said, Paul said to them, well, I can't talk to you as spiritual. And one of the reasons that he couldn't, that he he used for the reason that he couldn't speak to them as spiritual was because they were arguing among themselves. He says uh, in the very first verse of chapter 3, he says, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, and neither now yet are you not able to bear it for you are yet carnal you're still carnal because and here's what he he gives for part of the reason for him considering them carnal and not spiritual because there were envyings and strife and divisions among you and so how many times among us are there envyings and strife and divisions so are we are we spiritual are we really spiritual and so we have to discern ourselves. We have to answer that for ourselves. But 
there are times I know I'm not, I'm not walking. I'm not very spiritual. Um, there's times when I interact with people and I'm hateful and I'm just not very considerate and because I'm, you know, I'm going through things just like everybody else, but it's how we deal with those things, how we allow those things to either control us or how we control them. Do we allow the pressures of our life to control us and stop us really from walking according to love, which is spiritual? And so there's, like I said, there's times when I'll admit that I just am not, I'm not very spiritual. You know, I like to think of myself as a spiritual person, but there's plenty of times that I'm not. And it all goes back to, is your mind spiritual? Because if you, if your mind, see, your mind is what controls you. Your soul, and that word soul is suke. It means mind, will, and emotions. It's also can be, uh, interpreted as being your consciousness. But if your consciousness is not spiritually controlled, it's not tempered by the spirit, then you're self-conscious and you're too self-aware and you're more aware of what your feelings are than you are of what other people's feelings are. You're more aware of what's going on in your little world than what you are in the world around you. You're more concerned about what you think than what others think. And, 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 you know, we don't want to be so aware of others that they're what they think about us controls us either and I'm not talking about that but I'm talking about being considerate of others I'm talking about um, considering others you know how does what I do how does it affect other people and too many times even in my own life we don't we don't walk that way we don't we're not very considerate we don't consider we don't judge all things we don't discern all things as he said back in first corinthians chapter two he that is spiritual discerns things in other words you examine the situation that you're in you examine how what you do affects other people and you discern that and then you allow the spirit within you to control you and motivate you and how you interact what you do what you say you know what we think, what we say, and what we do are the three main things that really define us as people. What we think, what we say, and what we do. And if those things are not motivated and controlled by the Spirit, we're not spiritual. No matter how much teaching we've had, no matter, you know, we could have sat under Ram Dass, we could have sat under Wayne Dyer, we could have sat under Kenneth Hagin, we could have sat under Jesus Christ himself, but if we're not motivated and controlled by the spirit within us it has nothing to do with what i've been taught it has to do with how i apply and walk in what i've been taught so i don't care who your teacher is who your pastor is what church you go to or what church you don't go to what church you came out of i don't care what nation you live in i don't care what language you speak what religion you claim if you are not motivated and controlled by the spirit within you, which is love, you are not spiritual. You claim to be, and you can boast of your Ph.D. that you may have in religion or theological study. It doesn't matter. You can tell me that you have sat in a ashram for so many days meditating without food or drink, and your spirit left your body, and you had some out-of-body experience. I don't care. You are not spiritual if you're not motivated and controlled by the spirit in you, which is love. And that is, that's, that's it. So I don't care about all this other mess. It doesn't matter. 
And see, that's where we're missing it. That's where I'm missing it. And I, and I know you're not that much different than me. And if you are, maybe I need to sit at your feet and light some incense in your presence. We all need to be more motivated by love. And as we try to press into God, press into the Spirit, some of the things in us will begin to come out. And sometimes it's, as I've said before, sometimes the bad comes out first because it has to get out of the way the stuff that's holding back the good. And so as you press in, some of that bad is going to come to the front. And it seems like you're being one of the worst people in the world. But really what is happening, you are being changed. You are being transformed. It's the great and terrible day of the Lord. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's a new age for you, a new stage in your development, a new course that you're in, beginning to enter. And as you're leaving the one course, the one age, the one stage, then a lot of times we get zits. And what is that? <laughs> That's where our body is changing. Well, in our, in our spiritual walk, in our spiritual lives, we get zits. We get spots and blemishes, and those things come to heads. And sometimes they burst, and all that gooey, nasty junk comes out because we're going through changes, because we're going through stages. We're going through the great and terrible day of the Lord, and that thing comes in our life at different times. It's not just a one-time thing. When Peter is talking about in, in Second Peter of the day of the Lord and of the melting of the heaven, and I don't have time to really get into that today, but what he's talking about, if you really look at what he's talking about and look at it in the Greek and, and, and understand where he's coming from, and you'll see it from where he's quoting a lot of times, he's actually referring to the day of Pentecost that he went through. And I'll teach on this a little bit later at another date, but he's really referring to the what he experienced at the day of Pentecost when a rushing mighty wind came in. It's very similar and, and what he's talking about when he says that uh, the heavens will melt with a fervent heat and the elements will be dissolved. The word elements are the principles, and it's those things that we have built our belief system and thought system upon, and those things get melted by the heat of the presence of God changing us, changing our thought system, th changing our belief system, and making us more and more like him. And sometimes it, it, it's not pretty, but it's him changing us. And it is beautiful, even though we can't see it right now. So I hope, first of all, <laughs> that this tape, like it should have, and we don't have the problems that we had on yesterday, but I hope that this has somehow helped you to see that I need to be more motivated by the Spirit within. I need to be more motivated by love. And it's our consciousness. See, it's, it it's goes back, again, like I said, it goes back to our mind, our consciousness, our awareness we must be aware, and to be aware means to be awake. We have to be awake to what we're doing, what we're saying, and how we're relating and interacting with others, and how our attitudes and our emotions and all these things are part of our soul, which is part of our consciousness. But to have that controlled by spirit, by love, is a, is a whole other thing than for it to be controlled by the flesh and just our natural carnal self. And I don't have time today, but we'll get into this probably, I'm going to try to maybe next week, to get into a, a little bit of deep study into the tabernacle or the temple and how it was laid out and how that is you. It's a picture of you. It's a picture of me. And that inner man 
that Paul talks about in three places. He talks about the inward man or the inner man is actually our soul and spirit, and it's the holy place and the holy of holies. And that soul, the consciousness part of you, is that holy place, and it's where light is given by the illumination of the spirit. It's where we have communion with spirit. It's where we pray and where we um, meditate on the on the inner spiritual realm. That is the holy place. And so I'll I'll get into this. Like I said, I'm going to try to next week because what we'll have to do is we'll have to have um, some PDFs put up that you can uh, download of how the temple and the tabernacle were laid out because many of you are not familiar with that. I know that many of you will not be familiar with that. And so I want to have those PDFs available on our site to where you can uh, download those to go along with the teaching. And so we'll have to really prepare before we begin to get into that teaching so that you can have those to go along with. Even if you're listening in your car, when you get home or, or at work or something, you can go back and download those PDFs, and then you can have those to refer back to in your spare time or whatever. But all of that is dealing with us as an individual. That is you. It's a picture of you, the tabernacle and the temple. And even even the laver, which is divided is the upper and a lower part and that's where they bathed their hands and feet before they did before the priest did service those things have to do with our own life our own experience and it also has to do with uh, some of the difference between the natural and the spiritual because if you remember there when um, in Genesis he put a firmament and there was a separation from the waters above from the waters below well, that's the labor, and that explains a little bit of that. And then before we can enter into the heavens, and see when Paul and Jesus both are teaching about the heavens or the heavenly realm or the things of heaven, he's talking about the spiritual, and that is that inner part that's hidden. You can't even see it. It's all covered up. You have to go through a door to get into it. It's all covered up. It's hidden. And it's those hidden things, those heavenly things, that we don't understand many times. And if we could realize what the symbolism is that they're talking about, we can understand that it's talking about inward things. It's not talking about things off beyond the sun and the stars out yonder. It's talking about in us. And we'll get into that. But just begin to realize that be, be, try to be aware. Try to be more aware, more awake, and to be more aware of... What is motivating you, what's controlling you, and how we can more and more walk in love, which really is becoming like God. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you were stirred to put love into action. Feel free to send your questions or comments to EmergeNashville at gmail.com. And please consider donating on our website, EmergeNashville.org. Or write to Emerge P.O. Box 3242, Lebanon, Tennessee 37088.